Hi guys, it's that time again, NBA recap, <laughs> week eight now, we're eight weeks into the NBA season here, this is crazy, just craziness to me, and like, yeah, let's see what we can do with this recap, my name's Ren City, you might know me from sports and shorts of sorts, weekly podcast I do, I cover all the sports, all the ones that I'm into anyway, all the big ones, I got footy. NFL, college basketball, we got it all hockey, but uh, there's not enough room for NBA, and that's what I cover the most, so did my own thing, it's a weekly recap of the NBA, we're in, like I said, week 8 now, so hopefully you've been enjoying the hoops, I certainly have, let's start by doing the team wrap up, I'll do what I do every week, I'll start in the East with the Atlantic, and start with the number one team in the East, the Boston Celtics. Celtics, they've had themselves a busy week, too. They went 4-1, and one, five games in a week where they had two back-to-back nights where they had games. That's You don't see that very often in a schedule. A scheduler must have had it out for them, but the fact they went 4-1, and one, it's pretty good, you know? Tatum and Brown, they would lead the Celtics over the Cavs. Then they'd have two against the Magic. They'd have, Like I said, they'd have the one the very next night. Tatum would go wild, lead the Celtics to a victory. Then a few days later, they'd have that second Magic matchup. And this time it was Jalen Brown's turn to lead the way. Then the Celtics, they'd lose a tight one in overtime to the Warriors. Like Tatum had a chance at the buzzer and over... Or at, the end of the fourth quarter, but he'd miss and it would go to overtime where the Warriors went a little wild themselves and won. But then the very next night, that second back-to-back I was alluding to, they'd face the Kings and the Celtics beat the hell out of them. Jalen Brown had a sick facial on Keegan Murray. It was it was pretty dope. <laughs> like I said, it these Celtics have been kicking ass. That game against the Golden State Warriors, they could have won that one too. The Warriors took it late, but man, these... These Celtics, they look the real deal. They look like they should be going to the finals. Like, they have to be the favorites in the East. But, yeah, they got some exciting games coming up in the next bit, too. They're in L.A. to play the Clippers on the 23rd. And they stay in L.A. and they play the Lakers on Christmas Day. Love that rivalry matchup. So, they're still the team to beat in the East right now. Maybe even the team to beat in the league. But next up in the Atlantic, who's just trying to nip at the heels at the Celtics, the 76ers, they're sitting third in the conference. They're, uh, they went three and one this past week. They'd win two easy ones back to back, easy one over the Pistons, and then they destroy the Hornets by 53 points. Yeah, 53 points. Then they dropped the game, the next game, surprisingly, to the Bulls. I mean, Embiid still went for 40 and 14, but that wasn't enough to get the win. Then the Sixers had a big matchup against the Timberwolves. I hyped this up last episode, and Joel Embiid showed up for sure, dropping a 50-burger. Over 51 points and 12 rebounds. Tyrese Maxey had 35 in that one as well, but I've said it. When Embiid is on this floor and he's healthy playing, this team's a title contender, and this one-two punch with Tyrese Maxey is just something else, but... What Embiid's doing right now is crazy. That 50-burger on the Wolves, he's extended his streak of 30 points and 10 rebounds to 12 games. It's the longest streak since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did it in 71-72 season. He did 16 with the Milwaukee Bucks that year. But with Embiid playing this way, the sky's the limit. Like He just does it, and he gets to the free-throw line so much, and he went 17 for 18. <laughs> like Man, he just hits everything. Um 
But yeah, we'll go from Philly. We'll head to the city so nice. They named it twice. New York, New York. The Knicks went 3-1 this past week. They won some pretty big games along the way. They went into the desert and they took down the Suns. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson was the hottest thing in the desert that night. Going for 50 points, 9 dimes, and 6 boards. Randall and R.J. Barrett each went for twenty in that over 20 in that one. They dropped the game in L.A. against the Clippers the very next night. Those back-to-backs can be pretty tough. and They were emotionally drained for sure. They'd stay in L.A. and they'd have a strong second half to beat the Lakers. And then they'd wrap it up in New York, this time going to Brooklyn. And Julius Randle would lead the way. But they'd get some big minutes from Dante DiVincenzo and Emmanuel quickly. So, pretty good week for the Knicks. No question. Jalen Brunson's the leader of this team, especially with that 50-burger. And Randle, like what we're talking about him now compared to the early weeks of the season, he's totally upped his game. But, man, I I don't want to shit on this, but R.J. Barrett, the Canadian guy, he's got to get a little more consistent here. He's... Some nights he just totally disappears out there. It's not what you want to see. But one shout-out I have to do, Isaiah Hartenstein. Man, he's been playing phenomenal since Mitchell Robinson went down. And then this morning, terrible news to read. Mitchell Robinson was one of the best offensive rebounders in the game, and he had that ankle injury. He'll now have to miss the rest of the year. Just Buzz Kellington. That makes the Hartenstein Hartenstein play even that much more important. He's going to have more minutes to play. I think he's capable of doing it. He's a good player, but I feel for Mitchell Robinson. He was one of my favorite players to watch this year, so total bummer there. Sticking with New York, uh, or, yeah, sticking with New York, we'll go with the Nets here. Brooklyn, they struggled this past week going 0-4. Some pretty big losses. Losing by over 20 to the Nuggets and the Warriors. Then they'd lose by almost 20 to the Jazz. And then again to the Knicks that I just had mentioned. Everyone on the team was struggling against the Nuggets. But Cam Thomas, or yeah, Cam Thomas, he's been putting up some big numbers this week. 41 in that loss to the Warriors. But there's video circling of Nick Claxton calling him up for not passing. I mean, he's not known for passing. (laughs) He's known for hitting shots. And 41 he had in that loss. But they got to turn it around a bit. They have a few games against the Pistons, so... I should get them back on their winning ways. But wrapping up the Atlantic, we go to Toronto. The Raptors were 1-2 and two this past week, losing to the Hawks in the second of their little two-game series. And then they led down the stretch. Uh, yeah, they were led down the stretch by Siakam and Scotty Barnes in a win over the Hornets. Then they'd follow that up with a stinker against the defending champ Nuggets. I mean... I called Scotty Barnes out saying, can he do a little more? He's been doing a little more and then some. I can't put anything on him, but a lot of the guys are disappearing. Siakam had that big finish against the Hornets, but he's been disappearing at times. Like, that total shit the bed against the Hawks and that stinker against the Nuggets. Like, how long can we just say, oh, this is this is tough. It's first year Darko. He's coming in. Give it time. Like, how much time do we have to give it? We know who this team is now, I think. And right now, they're mediocre. Do they have to make a move? I I don't know. I, at the beginning of the year, I didn't think so. I thought we could work it out. But I don't know. Keep your eye on this team near the deadline. I don't think Masai will make a move on deadline day. But in those days leading up, if the Raptors that continue to play like they are, someone's getting moved. It's just a matter of whom, where they're going, and what we're getting back. So... Keep your eyes on the Raptors' front office here. It's in the next few games, I don't know. We'll see what happens going into the new calendar year. But we'll head to the Central Division. We'll start with the leaders there, the Milwaukee Bucks. They went 3-0 and this past week, crushing the Pistons by 32 in the first game there where you could see Giannis Antetokounmpo, 22 points in 26 minutes. And he was hanging out in the crowd with his family in the fourth quarter there. Not a good look, but... 
They follow that up with Dame Dalla shooting his way to another big Bucks win over Houston. And in that win, after DeCumpo collected another franchise record for the Bucks, he passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We're giving a lot of Kareem shout-outs this uh, episode. But he passed him for most rebounds with the Bucks. So he now holds the Bucks records for points, assists, and rebounds. That's, that's pretty impressive. He's now joined elite company of Michael Jordan with the Bulls, LeBron James with the Cavaliers, and Kevin Garnett with the Minnesota Timberwolves as the only players to hold all those records with one franchise. So pretty impressive numbers for the freak, and he's still got a lot to go. <laughs> Dame would continue his great shooting the next game, dropping an easy 40 on my Spurs. Giannis had a triple-double in that one, which helps all those stats I alluded to earlier, but... This Bucks team, they're a contender. They were my pick before the season started to win a title. They had to, they'd have to work it out and get through some chemistry. They're building that chemistry right now, and they're they're looking good. They're still not where they need to be defensively. They got plenty of work to do there, but yeah, they weren't troubled this past week. But some of the games coming up, they got the Magic before playing back to back games with the Knicks, including a Christmas Day game. So that should be exciting. But uh, next up in the division. Cleveland Cavaliers, that's right. They passed the Pacers in the standing, so the Cavs are second up in the Central. They went 3-1 and this past week, despite dealing with a few injury issues. They lost to Boston, and in that game, they also lost Darius Garland. He was driving to the hoop and met a Chris Stapp's Porzingis elbow, and he was down for a fit, finished the game, showed how tough he is, because he sustained a fractured jaw. He's going to be out a few weeks, but... Uh, Cavs would follow that up with a win against the Hawks and then a very tough game against the Rockets that went to overtime and uh, they pulled it off. But uh, Mitchell would miss the following game against his former team, the Jazz. And no worries, Sam Merrill and Karis LeVert came off the bench and carried them. Yeah, Sam Merrill, lighten it up. I remember watching him in Summer League. I didn't know how much time he'd get in the season, but I like it. But uh, yeah, lead them to a victory there. And the Cavs, they can get a few games without these stars, but this team goes as the backcourt goes. And I know... Merrill and Lavert did their thing, but they're going to need Mitchell and Garland back doing their thing in the lineup sooner than later to continue these winning ways. And uh, we'll head to the city that's hosting the All-Star game this year in Indianapolis, the Indiana Pacers. They went 1-3 and three this past week, which is why Cleveland passed them in the standings. And there were some bad losses in there. They'd lose to Washington. Yeah, the Wizards. They lost to the Wizards, and they'd follow that up with a tough one in Minnesota, which is fair. Minnesota's a really tough team. they go face a hot Clippers team. Threw up 151 on them. Yeah, you gave up 151. That I know there's no D in Pacers, but they're going to be taking the D out of Indiana soon because there's none present. Their lone Pacers win of the week was a beatdown over the Hornets, which isn't saying much the way the Hornets are playing. We'll get to more on them in a bit. But this team can score with anyone and with everyone as the depth shows, as all their players averaging double figures. But at some point, they're going to have to play defense. They give up career highs to everybody. 50 burgers. Giannis has a few 50 burgers on them. They're a fun team to watch, but aggravating if you're a big Pacers supporter because they can't stop anyone. They're struggling a late, going 2-4 and four since losing in that in-season tournament final. So they got to turn things around. Maybe they had too much into that. I don't know, but... Whatever they got to do, it's got to start on that defensive end. But uh, we'll blow into the Windy City here. The Chicago Bulls, they're still playing some pretty good ball as of late. 3-1 and one this past week. They've gone 7-3 and three in their last 10. The Bulls are running right now. They went into Miami and beat Jimmy Butler in the Heat. 
But a few nights later, Jimmy would get his revenge when he'd hit a shot at the buzzer to give the Heat the win. But the Bulls re- rebound nicely from that. They'd go into Philadelphia, withstand an amazing game by Joel Embiid, which is all he's doing lately. But they'd withstand that, and they'd get the big win. Then they'd return home, and they'd beat down on the Lakers. Everyone was telling like, oh, who are the Lakers moving to the... Or who are the Bulls moving to the Lakers? This is a tryout game. I don't think the Bulls... A lot of those guys in that game should not be getting moved here. Kobe White, like... Zach Levine's been injured for these great games the Bulls have been having, and I've just mentioned Kobe White because I've been excited to mention him. He's been stepping up. It's one of those additions by subtraction. With Levine out of the lineup, White's able to do his thing, and this team's just getting better. They're doing it with team wins. They had eight guys scoring in double figures in that win over the Lakers, and at the beginning of the year, I said this team will have to blow up at some point because Kobe White isn't Lonzo Ball. He's not going to bring the team together. And that is still true. And I think they'll have to blow up the team, but for different reasons. It's because Kobe White is the guy who I thought he'd be coming out of North Carolina. He's scoring right now. He's a legit scorer in the league now, which means Levine, he's kind of expendable. And I think the Bulls need to roll on without Levine. Roll with Kobe White, DeMar DeRozan, Vucevic has been playing great, Caruso, don't get him in trade talks, keep him. See what you can do with Patrick Williams, he's a high draft pick, he wants tons of crazy money, let's see what he can do. Stay with this, I know you don't want to move a guy after he's injured, but I think you got to move Levine, shake this up rather than blow it up. I'm excited for the Bulls right now, and I never thought I'd be saying that this time of the year, and it's at the expense of Zach, don't call me Amber Levine, but... Oh, I, I feel like I ought to move him. Whether Where he's going, I don't know. Take those assets and see what you can do this season in the East. I don't know. that. I don't know if they're going to get near the top of the East, but who knows what they can do. That team's got some players. But uh, anyway, a lot of too much Bulls talk, I think. But I think I'm just preventing myself from going to this next team, the bottom of the Central, last in the league. Oh, Detroit, Detroit. Haven't talked about a Detroit win in forever. It's because it's been 24 games of losing in a row for the Pistons. Like, obviously they went 0 3 in their games this week, so losing to the Sixers and the Bucks. They were in the game against the Hawks. Cade Cunningham showed why he was a number one overall pick: 43 points, seven dimes, five boards. But this team can't string it together in the fourth quarter in crunch time to get a win. You know, they got young young guys scattered all over. Boyan Bogdanovich, since coming back from injury, has been helping with scoring, but you got the highest-paid coach in the NBA, Monty Williams. He needs to figure this up. He's tinkering with his lineup like, you know, I do in the bathroom before a fantasy football game or something. Like, I don't know. He's got to get some continuity here. It's given no one on the team confidence. They're all head-scratching more than hitting shots, and... I don't know how long it's going to be till management or ownership comes in and says something to shake it up. Like, poor Detroit, you know, the Lions are doing good in the NFL, but it came as a sacrifice of the Pistons, I guess. It's tough going, but we'll go to the last division in the Eastern Conference, the Southeast. The Orlando Magic still sit atop the division, fourth in the Eastern Conference, but... Tough go for the Magic this past week, 0-3, losing two in a row to Boston before returning home and losing a tough one to the Heat. The depth is still being shown by Orlando, and, you know, they have pretty good defensive numbers. Pardon me, and uh, Paulo Bancaro had one pretty big game last week, went against Celtics, only from 36 points and 10 boards, but he and Franz Wagner, you know, these are the leaders of the team, and they've been 
kind of eh as of late, you know. They're the two-headed beast that's carrying this young team, and they've been they've been floundering a bit. I know it's a lot to expect out of your leaders to be that young on the team, but they got to find some resurgence, you know, to turn things around because the other guys are doing their thing and playing consistent, but their points have dipped quite a bit, especially in those three losses this past week. But mention Miami in there. Miami, they're nipping at the heels of the Celtics, even though they just went 2-2 two and two this past week. They lose to the Bulls, as I alluded to, before the next game when Jimmy Butler hit that awesome buzzer beater. And then they'd lose at home to Minnesota, but uh, they got a little win in that game. Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo returned to the lineup from their injuries, and uh, the next game they looked pretty effective in beating the, uh, the Orlando Magic there that I alluded to. This team's getting healthy, and uh, look out when they do. I'm expecting the Heat to go on a little run here. Hero looks like he hasn't missed a beat returning from injuries, dropping 25 and 28 in his two games back, so... Yeah, look out for the Heat. They might start getting hot this winter. And uh, we'll go to Atlanta. Hawks went 3-1 this past week, crushing the Raptors in that rematch game. And then they'd lose a close one in Cleveland. But they'd follow that up by beating Detroit in a closer game than they probably expected. Then they'd go into Houston and beat a tough Rockets team. Real team effort in those wins. Obviously, Trey Young's been doing his thing. He's been balling out. His stats are pretty good. He's been putting up some big scoring numbers, but it's been the team effort that's been really nice. You have DeJounte Murray some nights. You have Bogdanovich the other night. Sakongwu the other night. Like... These guys are all kicking in. It's The defense is still not nearly as good as what it should be. I mean, don't let that 104 they allowed to the Raptors. You might think, oh, that's not bad. The Raptors stunk it up that night. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't the defense so much. But if this team can play a little more consistent, like I said, 3-1 and one this week, if they string out a, f- a few 3-1 and one weeks, they'll be moving up those standings. But next up in the Southeast, we go to the Hornets. Uh, they're still trying to go on with life without LaMelo Ball and Past week, life hasn't been too good. They go 0-4 in those games, losing a close one to the Pelicans. Then they follow that up the very next night by losing by that 53 points to the Sixers, an ugly burger. Then they'd head up to Canada to play the Raptors, and you might have noticed someone missing from that game, Miles Bridges. He wasn't allowed in Canada because of his legal issues. We know he's still serving that three years of probation as part of a deal to avoid jail time after he was arrested in June of 2022 and pleaded no contest to felony domestic violence charges for an incident involving the mother of his child. He can still play in the USA, but not so good at elite crossing borders right now. But he'd suit up the next game for the pay- against the Pacers, and that was an ugly result. Pacers won by 31 Team's missing ball, and they're missing them in the worst way. Terry Rozier's been putting up some pretty big numbers, but... No consistency of a second fiddle. Miles Bridges has been fitting that role a bit, but as long as the games are in the U.S., I mean, he'll be fitting that role. But they're in trouble in Charlotte. They need to string out some wins, but I don't know where they're going to come from. Terry's going to keep doing his thing at least. But we'll finish the Eastern Conference uh, by going to the American capital, the Washington Wizards. They went 1-2 and two this past week, and... You know what? They didn't look that bad in these games. They beat the Pacers at home where Kuzma and Poole each went for 30 or more points. And they were in the game the whole way against the Suns in a four-point loss. And they put up a pretty good fight in a loss against the Kings, which ended up being in double digits. But still not very good in the win-loss column. But, I mean, they did get that win over Indiana. And these games haven't been blowouts lately, which is better than they were earlier in the season. And... You know, that's that's kind of winning right now for the Wizards franchise, who's in a bit of disarray, who has no defense, and they may be potentially relocating, as I alluded to last episode. So hang in there, Wizards fans. Hopefully good things are coming. 
We'll go to the Western Conference now, starting in the Northwest with the Howling Minnesota Timberwolves, number one team in the Western Conference and the first team in the West to hit the 20-win mark. They went 3-1 this past week. They'd go into Dallas, beat the Mavericks, and they'd follow that up with a home win over the Pacers for going on the road and beating Miami. Then they'd go to the city of brotherly love to take on Philly in a big showdown to teams like I hyped up, I mentioned. And the Wolves just had no answer for Joel Embiid. Like I said, that 51 points he dropped on him. Very entertaining game, though. I really enjoyed that. Real good battle of two teams. Anthony Edwards continues to be the young stud of this team, leading with swag and... I'm loving how Carl Anthony Towns has been playing. You know, I don't think he was really taking on that number one role the past few years, but as the the Robin role to Edwards Batman, he's doing a lot here. What he did against the Pacers, 40 points, 12 boards. He's got like a different motivation in this role, I feel. I don't know if Edwards has just taken some of the pressure away. It's freed this cat to meow, I guess. He's reminding everyone why he's the number one overall pick in the draft and the next few games for the Wolves, they got some doozies. They got the the home game against the Lakers on the road against Sacramento and Oklahoma City. And that Oklahoma City one should be good on Boxing Day. You got Anthony Edwards taking on Shea Gildas-Alexander, a rematch of that USA-Canada game from the summer. So that should be really cool. Make sure you're watching that one. You know what? All this OKC talk, let's talk Thunder next. They went 2-1 and one this past week. There's a close one in Sacramento, which was an amazing show of two of my favorite guards in the league right now, De'Aaron Fox and, of course, Gildas Alexander. And Thunder would go into Denver, and SGA would hit a nice mid-range game winner to secure the win for the Thunder. Then they'd win a, they'd go home and win against the Grizzlies. So, Shea Gildas Alexander, he continues to look like a first-team All-NBA MVP caliber player. And I just... I can't get over this second youngest team in the league, but one of the best in the league. This does not happen very often. Usually the youngsters aren't this good this early, but got to give it up to them. The depth is there. And it's each night, someone different stepping up to be second man to SGA. You're not struggling to find out who's going to help. It could be anybody, literally. <laughs> they got some tough games coming up. They're hosting the Clippers, and they host the Lakers, and then the Wolves, and the Knicks. We got a tough game for OKC, but I think they should be okay. But next up, you got the defending champions, Denver Nuggets. They went 3-1 this past week, thumping the, Nug- or the Nets at home before losing that tight one to the Thunder at the buzzer with SGA. Then they'd follow that loss up by lose, or beating the Mavericks almost by 30. Then they'd go into Toronto and beat the hell out of the Raptors I mentioned earlier too. But yeah, this, this team's starting to click. Jamal Murray returning from injury. They're starting to get that figured out and get him figured in with the lineup. Malone has this team working the way they should. Jokic's numbers are making him look like he might add a third MVP trophy to his closet. Like... This is a good team. They could maybe repeat, you know? Uh, They'll be hosting the Warriors on Christmas Day, so that'll be a nice little gift for all of us. And now we'll go to Utah. The Jazz went 2-2 this past week. They'd follow that up, uh, or they'd start that, sorry, by going into Portland, winning a tough one over the Blazers. They'd follow that up by getting beaten by the Kings, and then they'd return home to trounce the Nets. But then they'd follow that up by losing a tough one in Cleveland. So literally an up and down week for the Jazz. But they did get good news in the lineup, uh, or in that loss to the Kings there. Lori Markinen returned from the lineup. Still no Jordan Clarkson, but getting the big Finn back will be awesome. <coughs> Excuse me. Colin Sexton, man, has he been balling out? Balling out so much, he's no longer coming off the bench. He's in the starting lineup. He's supposed to be a spark plug off the bench, but now he's getting that shit going right from the get-go. I love it. He's got that dog in him, as everyone says. But 
he just plays hard every second he's on the court. He's like a Russell Westbrook. He, like I said, dog in him. Get some DMX growl. I love watching Colin Sexton play. But hey, we'll wrap up the Northwest by going to Portlandia and talk to Trailblazers. They went one and three this past week. All of those games were at home. They'd lose a game to the Jazz, which I alluded to, and then they'd lose to the Mavericks. Then a really close one to the Warriors, but then they'd win a very tough matchup against the Suns. They were down big in that one, too, and they'd spark this huge comeback. The Blazers team starting to play well, despite those losses there, with everyone coming back from injury. Anthony Simons has been great since coming back. Shaden Sharp's continuing to develop. If Aiton can play like he did against his old team, the Suns there, putting up that big dub and double, that double-double, that'll really help them get some wins. And shout-out to rookie, not Scoot Henderson. He's He's been playing a little bit better, but to Manny Kamara, the 23-year-old ben- Belgian, he's worked his way into the starting lineup, and deservedly so. He's doing it all out there for the Blazers. He's really big role player for them. I only see him getting better. Keep your eyes on him, Kamara. Camera on Kamara, please. But, uh, yeah, it's exciting watching this team grow, and I think they're on the right path with Chauncey leading the helm here post-Lillard. But, uh, yeah, we'll go to the tough Pacific Division, one of the toughest divisions in the league this year, if not the toughest, and we'll start with the hottest team in the league, the leaders of the Pacific, the Clippers. Went 4-0 this past week, and they're on a nine-game winning streak, easily the longest in the league. They slithered their way up to a fourth in the Western Conference. They beat the Warriors before crushing the Knicks, who were playing a second game of back-to-back. But then they'd uh, go on the road and drop 151, which I mentioned on the Pacers. Then they'd go and humble Luka Doncic in Dallas. You know, that doesn't usually go that way for them, but it did that night. This Clippers team's clicking. Clipper clicking, that's a tough one to say, but uh, they warned us once they get it figured out, the league is in trouble, and there's trouble. I knew they were trouble when they walked in here. Ty Lue is this lineup figured out just right. With Russ coming off the bench, it's working. Daniel Tice, I cannot emphasize the importance of backup bigs in the league, and what he's doing filling in for that injured Mason Plumley is amazing. And the starters, what they're doing, Kawhi Leonard. Knock, knock. He's in the MVP room now. He is, what he's doing, huge numbers. He's looking like the Raptors, Kawhi, when he led that team to a title, their only title. And it looks like he's having fun. That's kind of weird, and that's not very cyborg-like. And I'll admit, when the trade happened, I'm like, I don't know. There's only one ball. But this ball's moving. It's going in the hoop, and they're winning games. So I don't know what else you can ask. This team can beat anybody any given night. Don't want to play them in a seven-game series, but... Next up, the capital of California, we go to Sacramento. They went 3-1 and one this past week. All four games were in front of that rowdy crowd. They beat the OKC Thunder before thumping the Jazz. Then they put up 143 in a win over the Wizards. And they'd follow that up by giving up 144 to the Celtics in a blowout loss. They've been pretty good, so that maybe that Celtics loss is just a one-off, but... Uh, yeah, they look like a tough playoff team. Last year was no fluke. When they're rolling, they can beat anybody. I still like Malik Monk in that talk for six man of the year. So good on the Kings. But we're going to re- jump back to L.A. The Lakers, they went 0-3 this past week and have lost 4-5 of since winning the in-season tournament. Struggling a bit since winning that inaugural tournament. They wound up losing to the Spurs. Yeah, the Spurs. Ending the Spurs franchise record 18-game losing streak. Then they'd have the next game at home against the Knicks where they raised their in-season tournament banner, which, I'm not going to lie, brought on a lot of negative shit rather than positive from people online. But I can understand both ends. People think it's a cheesy thing. But you know what? They've made this tournament. It's a real thing. They're trying to promote it. So you got to 
you know, award the winner with a banner, right? So they lose that game to the Knicks, so they didn't honor it, even though LeBron had a triple-double. Then they'd go into Chicago and get blasted by the Bulls. So this team's slumping. You know, they put a lot into that tournament. They won it, and it's showing a bit. LeBron is still balling out, doing what he needs to. Anthony Davis is putting up big numbers. They just need to turn things around here and put that priority back on winning the title. So I'm thinking after the holiday season, they'll turn it around a bit, but we'll we'll find out. They got that big Christmas Day matchup with the Celtics I mentioned. One of the best rivalry in sports. I'm hoping it's a good game, but I also feel like the Celtics might blow them out. I hope I'm wrong. Every time I pick against the Lakers, they have a huge game, so I'm hoping they have a good Christmas game here. We'll go from Hollywood to the desert. The Phoenix Suns went 1-2 and two this past week. Some high and loads that home game against the Knicks it was the second game the Suns big three was all together KD Booker and Beal however five minutes in Beal would injure his ankle and have to leave the game Suns would lose that game when Brunson dropped that 50 on him but it put a little damper on the Suns honor you know they honored Sean Marion after the game if you listen to my sports and shorts of sorts podcast where we honor jersey numbers every episode in episode 31 we did a little thing on Sean Marion Great player of the Matrix, cool nickname too. But the Suns, the next game, they'd wind up losing or winning a close one over the Wizards, which was closer than they expected. And then they dropped that one in Portland where Aiton surprised them. And they had a big lead that they just gave up in that one. So a bit of a downer week. You know, they were hoping the big three would stay together for a little longer than five minutes in one other game. But hopefully that injury isn't too bad for Beal and he can return sooner than later. KD's still putting up big numbers. Booker's doing his thing. But we still don't know how good this team will be until those three guys get some time together. It's going to take some time to build what they want to build. But uh, we'll finish the Pacific off with the Warriors. Golden State, they went 3-1 this past week because they're trying to get out of this division's basement. They dropped that tough one of the Clippers before starting their current three-game winning streak, winning a tight one over the Nets before going on the road and losing a, or winning a close one over the Blazers. Then they'd return home and win that thriller over the Celtics in overtime. You know, they're adjusting the life without Draymond Green, who's, sorry, suspended indefinitely and required to go through counseling. And, you know, they, they seem to be doing all right without him right now. The biggest difference from turning these losses into wins has been Clay Thompson, really, the other half of the Splash Brothers. We've seen what Curry's been doing this year, but... I was shitting on Clay a bit for his play and how much he's dropped off. I was alluding to what he was scoring. But you know what? He, I wasn't the only one shitting on him. He's been having a disappointing year for him, you know? We know the injuries he has, but we didn't expect this kind of drop-off. And he's responded, man. 30 points, 24, 28, 24. Big improvements from what he was doing earlier. And if he maintains that, this team has a better chance of winning. Curry's been carrying the team, but he's had a few clunkers and a very weird one against Portland. Like I mentioned, they got the win over Portland. But it was the first time since November 6, 2013, so like 10 years ago, that Curry finished with fewer than 10 points, and he didn't even hit a three. Yeah, Curry did not hit a three. That seems weird to say to me. He did follow that game by having a huge game, including a rainbow in crunch time to put the Celtics to bed in overtime, but... Yeah, if Clay can keep it up, this team should be in the mix. And they got to keep incorporating these young guys. Trace Jackson Davis, huge dunks in those games, rejecting Jalen Brown at the rim, looking great. Brandon Podzimski making huge game-saving charge against the Trailblazers. So if this team can get that right vets, youngster mix, 
hopefully with the hands of Steph Curry leading the way, anything can happen for the Warriors. But we'll go to the last division in our recap, the Southwest. The Mavericks currently have a slight lead in the division, despite going 1-3 and three this past week. They've been, you know, slumping a bit without Kyrie Irving, who's still out with his heel injury. They lose that tough game to a T-Wolves team, but they follow that up by going into Portland and winning a tough one over pretty tough Portland team as of late, but then they'd go into Denver and just get the doors blown off of them by the Nuggets, and then they'd host the Clippers. Like I said, Luka usually does well in those. He played all right, but the team didn't do that great. So the Mavs are on a bit of a losing skid, you know. They've had some players step up, and Dante Axum's still playing pretty well, and Tim Hardaway Jr. says... No, Malik Monk, I want that sixth man of the year. He's done well coming off the bench, but they need some more consistent help to help, uh, you know, carry the load with Luka until Kyrie can come back. Next up in the division, you got the Pelicans. New Orleans went 2-1 and one this past week, winning a close one against the Hornets before blowing the Spurs out by 36. Then they'd return home and uh, host the Grizzlies. They... Didn't appreciate John Morant returning the lineup from suspension and breaking their fans' hearts, but uh, this team's starting to click minus that Grizzlies loss. Brandon Ingram's been on a bit of a scoring run. CJ McCollum's been pretty consistent. Zion, the Jekyll and Hyde of the NBA, a monster game, making people say, man, he could win MVP like I did at the beginning of the year. Kind of looking down on that one, but anyway... Other games, he'll, you know, do what he did against the Grizzlies. Marquee game, going up against one of his good friends, Ja Morant. Ja went crazy in his first game back. Zion, 13 points. It's like that in-season tournament game against LeBron. Big matchup. LeBron goes crazy. Zion disappears. How can a guy that big disappear? It happens. He doesn't want that moniker of the guy who doesn't show up in big games. So, hopefully he can step it up a bit here. We'll go from the Bayou to the... To Houston, I guess. Rockets, Houston had a little bit of a problem this past week, going 1-3. and three. They're currently losing th- on a three-game losing streak. They beat the Grizzlies in Memphis before Ja returned. They'd go to Milwaukee, lose a tough one to a tough Bucks team before going to Cleveland and losing in overtime. Then they'd return and lose a tough one to the Hawks. So, you know, this team has been pretty hyped up and overachieving, some would say, at... Maybe they come back to earth a little bit. Sangoon's disappeared over the last few games. Fred Van Vliet's probably been their most consistent player as of late, and that's what you expect out of that vet, doing what he can to carry maybe this lull in the season leading up to the holidays. But this team's growing, and they're developing as they go. I've I've mentioned Jabari Smith and the way he's kind of figuring his game out this year, not forcing things. And the biggest thing, like anything in life, is consistency. But that game against the Hawks, he put up 34 points, 13 boards. And he's showing what he's capable of. And it's you forget this guy's 6'11 sometimes. And in that Hawks loss, rookie Oman Thomas returned to the lineup. So it'll be nice to see him back on the floor. Next up, the Memphis Grizzlies, 1-2 and two this past week, and they got some excitement, actually. They went into the Rockets, they lost to the Rockets in the Thunder, but that one win, that one big win over New Orleans, came with a pack of excitement. Because Ja Morant came back, first game after serving his 25-game suspension, and what a return for Ja. Pelicans were up big. They had a 19-point lead at halftime. But Morant, he got he excited his team and even had the crowd going ooh and ah for a visiting player, hitting clutch shots. None bigger than the one under 10 seconds ago. They threw it in. He's like, get out, ISO. Goes right to the hoop, hangs in the air only like he can, hits the tough shot, winning the game at the buzzer, telling everybody, I keep receipts to you. The Grizzlies player, he's one of the best. Look, I got a... I got a John Morant. It's a vintage Vancouver Grizzlies John Morant jersey. He, 
You gotta love John Moran, I'll tell you. It's something else with him. And when Marcus Smart comes back too, maybe, just maybe, this Grizzlies team can turn it around and make the playoffs. Get in the plan. Do you want to face a hot Grizzlies team coming in with John Morant doing his thing? They could disappoint your whole season in one go, just like that. So we'll see what happens in Memphis. I mean, it was just one game. Maybe I'm going crazy, but it was exciting. Last team in the recap and last team in the West. I'm talking about my San Antonio Spurs. They went 1-2 this past week, though. They got that win over the Lakers. Finally ending that 18-game losing streak. Franchise record, as I said. But Wemby had a big double-double in that one. But it was Devin Vassell, 36 in that big win. You know, that was a big game for him. Spurs followed that up by losing 36 to the Pelicans and then losing to the Bucks. Wemby didn't suit up to match up against the Greek Freak in that one. He had an ankle injury. Hopefully it's nothing serious for Wembenyama and he can get back out there soon. Who knows? Spurs got a one against the Bulls, a couple against the Jazz and the Trailblazers. So maybe they can turn this two-game losing streak around before it gets anywhere near 18 again, which I hope it doesn't. <laughs> How's your team looking? That's week eight re- recap in a nutshell. I'm still, you know, trying to trust the Spurs process right now. I mean, I'd like to see more wins, so hopefully that taste they get the taste of it after that one against the Lakers and can win some. We'll go to the stat leaders after that 50-burger. Uh, Joel Embiid of the Sixers sits atop the league scoring at 35.1 per game. Behind him, you got Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and De'Aaron Fox. They're all above 30 points. That's crazy. It's a lot of players above the 30-point mark. Rebounding leaders, Anthony Davis at 12.6. Just behind him, you got Nikola Jokic, Demontis Sabonis, and Rudy Gobert. They're all 12 or above as well. Then the assist leaders, you got Pacers' Tyrese Halliburton at 12 assists per game. Trey Young, he's increased his a bit with his solid play. He's at 11.1. And there's only three other players averaging over 9 a game. You got... Jokic, Luka, and Van Vliet of the Rockets. Shea Gildas-Alexander continues to lead the league in steals of 2.8 per game. A full steal ahead of second place Donovan Mitchell. And then Milwaukee's Brooke Lopez leads the league in 3.1 blocks per game. But just behind him at .1 less, Victor Wembenyama. He's nipping at his heels. So we'll go from individual numbers to team numbers in the Ren City Top 5. It's hard to keep this thing consistent, but a little consistency at the top. And saying the Celtics, they stay at number 1 in the Ren City Top 5. They've been playing some of the best basketball in the NBA. And they could, you know, some say... They could have won that game over Golden State. Tatum, he continues to drive for MVP. Jalen Brown and Przingis are doing their thing. Drew Holiday continues to be the head of that defense. So who's number two? Some might say it's a little early, but hey, I say the LA Clippers. You know, They might not have as good win-loss record as a few of the teams that they're going to be above in these rankings. But man, they're on a nine-game winning streak. Capable of beating anyone. Kawhi Leonard, he wants to be in the MVP race. He's showing it every night. So we haven't seen him play every night the last few years. This is special. Let's enjoy it. Number three, you have the Wolves. You know, I have them just ahead of a team that may have beat them recently, but, you know, the Wolves are, I feel, a little better overall. And I'm sounding like I'm defending these rankings like the NCAA football playoffs, but, hey, it is what it is. I have the Wolves at three, Sixers at four. I don't even know if the Sixers just dropped 51 on them, but 
Justin Embiid, but I, this team goes as Embiid goes. If he continues this 30 points, 10 rebounds streak, they're going to be pushing their way into the finals. Number five, I have the Bucks. That's They're wrapping up my list. I can't really fault them. They had a pretty good week. They have the second longest winning streak in the NBA behind the Clippers, and they're finding their groove since acquiring Damian Lillard. They're starting to get it figured out here. So, yeah, that's my list, the top five. You have the Celtics, Clippers, Timberwolves, Sixers, and Bucks. But, yeah, quick MVP talk here. It's a popular dance right now. I I had Shea Gildas-Alexander at number one in the last episode, and he hasn't done much to relinquish that spot. In fact, he hit a game winner against the defending champ, so I still have him at number one. But it's a crowded group nipping at his heels. Like I said, Milwaukee's, Antetokounmpo's in there. You you got Luka Doncic, even though his team's struggling a little of late. Joel Embiid, right, with his huge numbers he's putting up. Jokic, you have the number one seeded Celtics and Jason Tatum. And keep putting Kawhi Leonard's name in there. What he's doing for the Clippers team, like, like I said, this looks like that Raptors run. So, uh, yeah, and then if the Wizards, or the Wolves, sorry, keep doing what they're doing and lead the West, Anthony Edwards needs to have his name in here. So, a very popular race there. The rookie race, I'd say Chet Holmgren still has a little lead over Wembenyama, but that Spurs win hopefully can spark something for the Spurs, and Wemby can get back into the groove here. I mean, his numbers are still pretty good. Like I said, he's second in the league in blocks. He's in the top seven in rebounding. Pretty damn good numbers league-wide, so they just need some Ws to get his hands on that trophy. I mentioned him a bit more in that Portland coverage, but keep your eyes on Belgian to Manny Camara. He's sticking out more than number three overall pick Scoot Henderson is on that Blazers team, so keep your eye on him. And we've talked about Yame Yakez a bunch for the Heat in some previous episodes. His numbers might dip a bit with the return of Tyler Hero, but he's such a good player, he's going to be playing in crunch time. (laughs) But hey, that's week eight. Thanks for coming out, guys. It's been some pretty good ball going on. Some tasty 50 burgers going on, served by Jalen Brunson and Joel Embiid. We have seven on the season now, two by Embiid and two by Giannis. And streaking Clippers have been a joy to watch. The Spurs ended their awful losing streak. And please, oh, please, Detroit, can you end theirs? I said a 24 straight losses right now. The NBA records held by the process Philadelphia Sixers in their 28 game losing streak. So hopefully they don't want to clip that. Nobody wants that. Leave it in the past. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have some big Christmas Day matchups to look forward to. We got the Bucks and Knicks, Warriors, Nuggets, Celtics, Lakers, 76ers, and Heat. And your nightcap, the Mavericks and Suns, which is always a dandy. So plenty of good hoops coming up. I hope you get to enjoy the games, enjoy the times with friend and family. Thanks for coming out, guys. Another recap in the books. Ren City out.